Good morning, Bronx family. Just want to start off by thanking all of you for getting behind Maurice and Lauren and helping them as they transition into the Bronx. I believe God is blessing the work here and blessing their leadership. And I know I'm thankful that they're here. I hope they Definitely changed my life for the better. And uh, they're a very spiritual couple who uh, really want to accomplish God's will. It's a big transition from Kansas to New York. But they're doing okay. And uh, Cynthia and I are trying to hang in there with them and, and just make sure that uh, they're remaining strong. But thank you so much for uh, just being the Bronx and uh, getting behind them, beside them, and uh, helping make uh, this ministry be what it needs to be to give glory to God. Uh, I want to challenge you this morning. And I want to challenge you on a subject that everybody needs to grow. I've never met anyone who's mastered the subject that we're going to talk about today to the point where there's no room left to grow. So today we're going to talk about the test of humility. The test of humility. So I want you to put your shields down, put your defenses down, and let the Spirit of God speak to you today. Uh, don't resist the Word. Don't resist the Spirit. But allow God to speak to your heart. Now, the reason I want to look at this subject is a couple weeks ago, maybe a little less, I was in Chicago at a conference uh, with leaders from all over the kingdom. And I just want to update you on uh, where we are in our International Church of Christ Fellowship. Uh, we have uh, 684 churches in our fellowship. Uh, we are 108,000 disciples worldwide in 150 countries. Uh, 40% of the disciples in our fellowship reside in the United States. And 60% reside outside the United States. Now, the thing you've got to understand is that the United States makes up 5.4% of the world's population. The vast majority of the world is outside the United States. We got a lot of work to do, okay? Uh, we got a lot, a lot of work to do, and we thank God for all the good that He's done. So I was at this conference, and the goal was to unite and inspire leaders from all over the world. We are broken down into geographic families. We have the New York, New Jersey geographic family, the Northeast geographic family, the Southeast geographic family, the Southwest geographic family. There are like 34 different geographic families throughout the world. And uh, I was uh, asked to, to lead a presentation to update people on the Northeast uh, United States and the Caribbean uh, geographic families. And I was also asked to give a message to close out the conference, which is kind of like the toughest message to give because everybody's tired and and, and really, I didn't feel like giving a message myself, but I, I gave this message and I talked about the need to, to grow in our, in our trust of one another. 
And so after the message, which I mean I felt okay about it, not that great about it. So after the message, uh, an elderly couple that I, that I really respect comes up to me and says, Thank you so much for the message. Uh, this one point you made, I think, is exactly what we need to hear. And so I'm feeling pretty good. And then right after that, another guy comes up to me and says, No. Nah. I don't know what you're talking about. But basically, that was not a good message. It did not do anything for me. As a matter of fact, I even disagree with some of the points that you made. So I go from one extreme to the other. Now you gotta understand, the praise took me to a place of saying, be humble, glory to God. The criticism took me to another place. Sam, be humble. Um, And so there I was, facing two extremes, and the test during the whole time was, are you going to be humble? And and so I, I, you know, throughout the week, when when people are critical of you, you know, that can really mess you up. I mean, don't worry about it, you love the curse. People pass on the back end. But when people criticize you, even if you don't know them that well, even if you don't like them, it's just kind of stays with you. So I'm praying through this the whole week, and I'm talking to Cynthia about it, and I get a couple of other courage and courage and phone calls from me. The Lord knew I needed it. From this conference, brothers, and thank you for what you said in, in this meeting or whatever. And uh, and so I just think, you know, let me let me call this brother who was not happy. And you have this back inside me, calling, calling, Put up with 
hold on to one another through trying times, even tolerate each other sometimes, because we care. Because we're not going to let sin come between us. And this is true in the church, this is true in family, but the challenge is to be humble. To be completely humble. Now I'm not going to assume anything today. I'm not even going to assume you understand or know the definition for humility. So I'm going to define it for you. Humility. Now if you look up in, look it up in Webster, it's going to say a modest or low view of one's own importance. I think that's a good definition. Uh, a modest or low view of one's own importance. Paul told the Romans uh, in his letter, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. So I can understand that. Now, modest or low view of one's own importance. But a, a more spiritual definition would be honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. In other words, having an accurate view of who you are in the presence of God. Being in touch with your own sinful nature and realizing you're not better than anyone else. You're no more righteous. You're no more deserving. And that every good thing in your life is is the result of God's grace, God's goodness, God's mercy. And therefore, I don't have the right to ever think I'm better than anybody else. Even in the worst moment, I need to be able to realize that I'm falling short. So I'm coming before God and before men. One other definition would be seeing God as He truly is, the sustainer of all things, and seeing ourselves as we truly are. Simple. When you see yourself the way you really are, there's only room for humility. Unless you're blind to who you really are. See, because uh, we're going to talk about this in a minute, because to me, one of the, 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 the true tests of humility we're going to hit in a minute is just honesty. Honesty with yourself. So I'll get to that in just a minute. So, but humility is the result of seeing myself in the presence of God. Seeing my sinfulness. Seeing my inadequacy. Seeing how undeserving I am. And then bowing down before God saying, Thank you, God, for you don't even consider me to be your child. For him, and I gotta have my quiet time so that I can continually stay in touch with who I am before the presence of God. Who I am in my own true sinful nature. So humility is ultimately important. You can't get to heaven without humility. 
get it. You can't get there. The importance of humility. It, it is an important attitude that all of us need to have in our lives that we need to strive for, that we need to work at daily to humble myself before God and before men. So over in Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, we're talking about the importance of humility. How important is humility? Well, in Philippians chapter 2, and, and we won't read all of it, but it's, it's a great discourse. Uh, in verses 1 through 11, I encourage you to study that out. But in verse 3, Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or means, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should, should not look all to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. He goes on to say, is that Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but making himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and he humbled himself, even to the point of death. That's what Jesus did. That being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to that he was on the cross. If Jesus, perfect in all things, never did anything wrong, never made a mistake, the sin down in the heaven, if he can humble himself, if that is a virtue that we recognize as, as preeminent in his heart and character, Shouldn't we know? If Jesus was humbled and humbled himself, shouldn't we not do the same? How can there be any pride or arrogance in us when he had none in him? That's who he was. That's how important it is to be like Christ is to be humble. Humility is not weak. Oh, it is strength. You have to be strong to be humble. You know, pride and arrogance, that's weakness. Defensiveness is weakness. But humbling yourself before God and before men, that takes strength. That takes heart. And that's what Jesus was. How important is it? Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Verse 1, it says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They were always jockeying for position. Who's first? Who's second? Who's number one? He called a little child and had him stand among them and said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You've got these grown men, and Jesus brings the child in as, as, a, as an example of, as to what they need to be. That you, arrogant, com- competitiveness, competitive men, need to be like And what is it about children that we need to imitate? You know, they're innocent. They trust them. I mean, they, they, they're resilient. They, they're quick to forgive. They don't hold grudges. You know, they, they, their hearts are tender. Some kids are, some kids are hard. If you raise them, you avoid them, they're crying. And then we grow out of it and they become lives. And so they say, you need to go back. And you need to have 
the humility and tender heartedness of a child. They're quick to forgive. I mean, that's what we need to be. We've got to grow in humility and not run from the challenges and struggles in our lives, but humble ourselves and let God take us through it so we can learn what we need to learn. So many people spend their lives running from this, running from that, and they never stop and say, I have to do some humble life. Figure out how to get on the other side of this. What is God trying to teach me? Humility is vitally important. If you're studying the Bible, remember, the thing that keeps most people from becoming Christians is not a lack of understanding. The scriptures are clear. It's a lack of humility to admit I'm wrong. That what I learned was incomplete. And that there's more for me to understand if I'm going to become a Christian. There's some things that I didn't know. But so, so many people, they can't even get there. It's like, are you saved? Yeah. Well, what did you do to be saved? I was born saved. Nobody's born saved. You have to learn from the scriptures what it takes to be saved. You know, we've been there. I mean, I never studied the Bible. How could I think I was a Christian? I never even studied the Bible. I knew two books in the Bible. Genesis and Revelation. <laughs> Nothing in between. How could I be saved? So I had to humble myself and say, I do not know what I'm doing. Teach me. That was the attitude of the Ethiopian. Here's the other thing we need to understand. How important is humility? God opposes pride. Is that not saying enough? No, it, 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 in, in James 4, verse 6, and 1 Peter 5, 5, the Bible pretty clearly says God opposes the pride. Look, there's one person I do not want to be opposed to. And that's God. Oh, God will oppose you. But if you're proud, God will oppose you. He will trip you up. Life will be a lot more difficult. And you're wondering, well, what's going on? Why isn't my marriage working out? You know, why aren't things working out with my kids? Why aren't things working out with relationships? Why aren't things working out with my career? Maybe it's because you do quite for us like and God is just saying, look, I don't stand in your Because your pride is keeping you from seeing your need for me. So, are you ready, church? You ready to see how you do with the test of humility? Here it comes. Number one, test of humility. Number one, honesty. Honesty. Are you honest with yourself about your own insecurities, shortcomings, failures, doubts, secrets? Are you honest? It's hard to be honest with ourselves, and, it, and people can't help you if you're not honest. If you're not willing to look at yourself in the mirror, and admit what you see. And that's something we all have to work on. Because we, we want to look good before other people. We want other people to feel good about us. People who don't even care about us. We, 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 care, we, we care about what they think. When really we should only care about how do I look in the presence of God. This morning, are you honest about where you are spiritually? 
Let's not fake it. Let's not play games. Let's not play church. Who are you this morning? Who are you with? What's going on in your life? Who knows you? Give it a list. Because we can't help you if you're sitting here faking it. Big, big term today, fake news. What about fake Christians? People ask them, how you doing? Good? Oh, come on. How you doing good every day? I asked this sister before. And then I asked her, well, we're up here now. Are you happy? No. She was on. I didn't like the answer, but at least she was on it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you are Proverbs 26.12. You can just write this down. Proverbs 26.12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than I I know I'm a sinful person. My wife knows who I am. And I'm just thankful I have people that I can be real with. But I need to be real Come down on whatever pedestal you may be on. And, and just to, to, to get on that, that level where everybody else is and say, look, I need help in my life. Alright, honesty. How you doing with honesty? Alright, in Luke 18, we know this scripture. This is the Pharisee and the tax collector. And uh, Jesus is saying that, you know, we know the story. They're both, they're both praying. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. I thank God I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector right over here. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. I mean, did he have self-knowledge? He's like, I'm awesome. I'm incredible. Everybody needs to be like me. I got it going on. Man, my giving is good. My life is good. I mean, I'm, I, I don't even hardly have any sin in my life. Arrogant as he can be. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, sinner. That's honesty. And Jesus went on to say, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We've got to get honest and real. Number two. Confession. Confession. Close to honesty, but I want you to be honest with yourself. You've also got to be honest with God and with others. And just say where we are. It takes humility. Are you able to confess your sins and mistakes without making excuses? Without saying, well, I know I messed up, but if you had done what you did, 
I am so that I can change and grow and give you glory and honor. That's where we need to get to. So God can work in our lives and work in our hearts. This is what we need to teach our children. Not to be arrogant and defensive and we don't need to go defending them when they're wrong. Help them to humble themselves and be willing to admit they made a mistake and change. Next, forgiveness. I'm going to hit these next ones really quick. Forgiveness is a test of humility. Are you able to forgive? Are you able to let things go? Or does it take an eternity for you to let things go? Matthew 18. We know the parable of, of the servant and his master here. And the master gives the servant who is in debt, messed up, forgave him, says, okay, it's, it, I'm going to let it go. And then someone under him, his subordinate, comes and says, look, well, can you forgive me? And he says, no. Even though I'm not forgiving anything about it, I'm going to hold it against you. And, and the Bible says, in anger, his master turned him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. He says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother. Who says, oh, only scripture he knows in the Bible, Ephesians 5, 22. 
And he probably not married to a Bronx woman anyway, if he's saying that nonsense. But anyway, he's got to get on straight. And it's hard. But look at this scripture. And, and this is a tough scripture for me. 1 Peter 2.18, where the Bible says, Slaves, submit to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Yeah, or many churches and you go, Thank <laughs> you. 
come home. Did you pass the test today? Honesty, confession, forgiveness, submission. Let's talk about it. God called and have thank you for having loved us so much. Thank you for having us at Jesus and showed us true humility. And God, we ask you to forgive us of our fire and our enemies. God, thank you for the level of forgiveness that you show us. You not only wash us all our sins, but God, you, you forget now and you never bring them up again. Help us today to pass the test of humility, to be honest, to confess our sins, to forgive completely from the heart, to be willing to submit even in difficult circumstances to give you glory. And God, as you bless us with success, help us always give you glory to you. Help us to pass the test of humility, strengthen us, so that we can glory to your name. Jesus, I'm going to pray.